Welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and I am joined, as usual, on the virtual front porch by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow Thompson. Hey, good neighbors, and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door. Uh, So, Matt, I did this really interesting thing the other day. Guess what I did? I I have no idea. Well, I deleted all of the social media apps from my phone. I just went on a scorch earth social deleting from from anything that was giving me any notifications, anything that was like making me compare me myself to any of my friends, family or neighbors. I was just deleting like crazy. Yeah. And the reason is because I watched a documentary and as documentaries often do, they show you the underside of some of the maybe behaviors or, or activities that you're taking part in that you didn't realize were happening. So yeah, I watched the uh, Netflix, the documentary, The Social Dilemma the other day before yep. the movie was even over. I was just like, I got to get rid of these things, <laughs> deleting them out, all, all of them, getting rid of them. And it's one of those documentaries that does this thing where it's like, it convicts you to make some changes in your life, but it does this other thing where it leaves you feeling like the world is going to shit mm-hmm. and there's that you have no control of making it any better. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> it is, it is kind of a bummer. And uh, I, 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 I felt like they 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 left some doors open that 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 we at the neighboring movement actually could close. I, I was like, it right. doesn't have to be quite this bleak. Um, there are there are some specific actions that we could all take that uh, that would actually help. Uh, I want to give a little description of the film for folks that haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I also, I mean, I, I will say, I, so I watched it twice in preparation for this conversation. And um, I, I think it's an excellent movie. And we are by no means going to be able to unpack the content of the film no. sufficiently. So um, I would encourage you to check it out yourself, listener. Uh, make your own judgments about it and your own conclusions. The, 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 the overall premise of the social dilemma is that there are people who over the last 20 years have been building these social media platforms like Facebook, Google, Instagram, and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, who began to have what I would describe as ethical dilemmas about what they were creating and we're dis- and and we're disappointed in the the level of conversation around those dilemmas. They often they start the film really talking about we built these things to do good and and they have done good and that's undeniable but we were naive uh, about the harm that they could mm-hmm. also do. Um, and so and it's I you know a natural reality of I think most technological advances 
that there's there is that underside as you discover it you're like oh and right. the you know it's just that social media and computer technology is progressing so fast like unprecedented there's nothing in our history as human beings that has evolved as fast as computer processing technology and all of that is fueling this kind of like this struggle of right. you know how do we handle these things yeah i thought it was really telling when um one of the guys was on the team and kind of, i think one of the kind of like front people of the team who created the like button on facebook yes and he was like we we created that because we wanted to add more like good and hope into the world so people could encourage each other and yeah. now there's teenagers who are literally killing themselves because they can't get enough likes on their yeah. social media accounts and like yeah. i could just like i could really feel his like deep sorrow and like wrestling with like the guilt and like what do i do in response to this reality now mm -hmm. um it was I mean, there's parts of it that were like that, that you could just tell that was just totally eating these people to the core. And mm -hmm. at the same time, they, they still have like a network of friends and close people in that industry who they don't think are bad people. Right. You know, it's like hard to demonize anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's very difficult. early component of the film that I found deeply disturbing uh, <laughs> was that, that they point out that, that part of what's driving all of this is monetization. Yeah. So how does, how does an organization make money if they're providing this free social media service? Well, they make money by selling advertising, which is not surprising at all. Like what, what happens then is that those, those of us who use social media, we become the product, mm -hmm. our attention becomes the product, and not, a, not only our intention, but their ability, the social media platform's ability to change our behavior becomes yeah. the product. So if, if a, a platform says, I know how to push Adam's buttons in such a way that he will, as a result, subscribe to your channel or purchase your product, then if I am a company, I would pay big bucks for that. Mm -hmm. Because that level of precision has never existed before. So for me, for instance, social media knows that I love sweaters. They know it. <laughs> Yes. And they know it and they are constantly putting like really, really cool sweaters in my feeds <laughs> and I want to buy them. Right. <laughs> I want all of them. Yeah. And yeah, like sweaters and like funky glasses. Like uh -huh. that, my, that's why social media knows they're no, they're like, here's, here's a sweater. Here's some funky glasses. Here's a new banjo. That's what oh, they do. To me you're a goner. Time. Yeah. I'm you're... a goner. I have no, like, I, how am I supposed to control myself in that situation? Yes. <laughs>
it makes sense because they're gathering all this data about like what you look at, how long you look at it, yeah. and and they start to to flesh out very detailed information about what your preferences are, and then they can try to steer that. So that kind of builds into the second aspect of the film that I think is really helpful, is that these the the social media platforms have done a lot of learning around psychology mm -hmm. and they understand the human mind at a level that most of us don't uh, because we have expertise in other things and that's so we have these blind spots and what's happening social media is built to manipulate these aspects of our brains which have been used for survival for millions of years manipulate yeah. those in order to get us to watch just one more video yeah. or yeah. Sc scroll just a little bit longer or you know get try to get someone to like us right yeah and you you people know this like when you're watching videos or doing scrolling things on your facebook you know that they are recommending things to you they're not even trying to hide that they're saying here's the next recommended video mm -hmm. what i didn't know is that they're curating those recommended videos not because they think i'll like it you know like mm -hmm. i thought they were just like being a pal like saying like, <laughs> hey like you seem to like these things here you go no they're doing it to steal my attention and to monetize my attention and to then push me down a rabbit hole that becomes even harder to get out of. Like, yeah, that that was all of a sudden like, oh, they're not my pal. <laughs> they're not my pal at all. They're trying to make money off of me and keep me from the things that matter in my life, like being with my family or or actually playing banjo, <laughs> you know, right? But then the, the other component of the film that I thought was so alarming, but then is a, is a real aha moment. Mm -hmm. So I, had, I understood that on social media platforms, it turns into an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. So if, I, if I'm interested in a particular political posture and I'm looking that up on my social media, they're keeping track of that. And then they're going to send me information related to that right like oh if you're interested right. in you know this movement then you might also be interested in this but but what i didn't understand <laughs> is that they're not controlling or filtering at all the accuracy or legitimacy of the things that are flowing through that stream and yeah. There's a, they quote a study from MIT that said that um, false claims or like false news stories spread six times faster than true news right. stories. Right. And so what happens is if you're on social media, and you're, stream, you're kind of flipping through, they will send you things, not because you've been searching for it, no. but because they think like, oh, it, this may get your attention and it may pull you down that rabbit hole. And again, when I say they, I'm talking about an algorithm that's being right. generated by an artificial intelligence 
um, that, that's you know pushing that to you and being like, well, if you're interested in that, then you may be interested in, they used right. the example of Pizzagate, which yes. was this completely fabricated theory of like when you order a pizza you're at it's about human trafficking and there's um uh, people being held captive in the basements of these pizza mm -hmm. places and that like that spread like a wildfire because it was a rabbit right. trail that people got pushed towards and and it, it plays again on that piece of psychology where like we are drawn as humans not to the like boring truth but to the kind of like <laughs> extreme and like super you know largest version of the truth or maybe like slant on the truth and so when they're curating that recommended feed they're not going to send you the like very straight-laced boring news article no that just gives you information they're going <laughs> to send you the dude in his car with the cell phone on him and he's completely muscle bound and he's like all right I'm going to tell you what no one else will because <laughs> for some reason we're drawn to that. We just love it. We can't get enough of it. And so mm. they're not going to feed you things that are not full of drama. They're going to feed you stuff that's full of drama. And unfortunately those things don't always give you the best information to then form your opinions on, to act out on. Right. And so, so yeah, those are, those then end up giving you a false sense of, of reality that you form opinions about people who don't agree with you and it becomes really hard to get back into that one of the they, i think they say this in the movie that we get attracted to outrage and the outrage content is really popular for some reason So I was really struck because we, we, I watched this not long after you and I have recorded the conversation about like civic conversation and like keeping hope alive in the midst of elections. Mm -hmm. And it did help. It helped me understand better how if you're really using a lot of social media, you are being bombarded mm -hmm. with a message that may be pulling you down a certain rabbit trail and if I'm being bombarded with an opposite message is pulling me down a rabbit hole, like then if when you and I talk, we're going to be talking like we have none of the same information right. and we're going to be completely baffled by the ignorance of the other person. Like, how could you possibly right. believe what you do? But yeah. if, if I saw your media stream, I yeah. would be like, oh, okay. I, that starts to make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not even just like your Facebook feed. It's like your Google searches look different than mine. Yes. Like all of it, all of it is tied together. And it, it, your, your virtual reality that you engage in every single day for, for most people, many, many hours mm -hmm. is very different than mine. And it's even different. Like mine is different from Matt's, even though we're pretty much the same person. Like right. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of overlap a between lot. you and I, but even for people who are similar, it's, it's their, the, the algorithm knows the difference. Yes. Yeah. And that's the part that's just really shocking. And they use the example, um, the, the one, one of the speakers uses the example of Wikipedia. And I think that's a really helpful illustration. Like 
imagine if you went to Wikipedia to look something up, but when I look up a page on Wikipedia, let's say I look up banjos on Wikipedia mm -hmm. and it's going <laughs> to custom tailor that information. So it's going to be like the history of, of why people have struggled to tolerate the banjo. Right. But if Adam searches on, you know, did a search. I search Wikipedia, I search banjo and it's like, the banjos have been beloved for generations. <laughs> right, right. So then Adam and, and I- would be like, I don't understand why Matt hates banjos so much. <laughs> right, right. Because my, art, my, my article is like full of like evidence of how harmful banjos are, right? <laughs> and then what happens is Matt looks at me on my front porch playing banjo and he's like, Adam is dangerous. <laughs> Adam hates the world. Why is he out there spreading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is like, that's what happens. Right, right. It feels silly to talk about it like around banjos, but like it really is happening like that around yes. other things. Other things. If you've ever thought to yourself, the political party that I don't affiliate with is dangerous, then mm -hmm. you've probably been duped. Yes. That yeah. sucks and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. It's really disheartening. And so, so I think, and I also, I just want one clarification before we move on is it's confusing, I think, to use that Wikipedia illustration just because Wikipedia is a fixed thing, right? So if right. you search banjo on Wikipedia, we all see the same thing and that's what makes it so helpful. And there's no one paying money to try to control what I see on that page. Um, yeah. So. But I think, so that conversation then about like how, you know, Adam and I end up seeing the world so differently because of what we're being fed, um, I think leads to where I, where I want to end our conversation, which is, is about like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, shock and amazement. I, I think we have to get to know our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> These people are going to start picking up on our thing where we introduce a terrible huge problem and then we're like you know what the solution is <laughs> <laughs> it's neighboring so neighboring is not the only solution but here's the part of it that i think is so fascinating when you when you watch this documentary and there's even one point when there's a clip of Mark Zuckerberg um, uh, at, at a congressional hearing mm -hmm. and he's saying something like, well, I think part of the solution is that we need to develop more advanced AI mm -hmm. that can like track what's real and what's not. Now, maybe that is a viable option, but what crossed my mind was like, you know, you could build more advanced AI or you could go out and talk to real people on your block right. about the things that you're seeing and hear some different perspectives. In other words, you could engage reality. <laughs> <laughs> also, I cannot create better AI. Like that's not something right. that I can actually do. So Mark Zuckerberg's solution is for me to wait for him to create more AI that they'll also be profiting off of, right? Yes. Like, yes. And, and I loved the the guys in the show were like, you're not gonna solve the AI problem with more AI. Like, that's not how it's gonna work. 
Mm-mm. No, no. And what can we do, right? Like I, we can engage in conversations with people who have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And if we can have the courage to be open to those different perspectives, it roots us, right? It's like, oh gosh, you know, this thing that I thought was so obvious and so one-sided yeah. after talking with someone who has a different perspective, I'm realizing it's not that obvious. It's not that one-sided. There, there are other factors involved. And so I have to have a more, uh, a more realistic perspective. Um, and then from there, like, then we could work together actually to address the problems that are actually facing our communities and our world, um, right. which right. I think is, is it, it's not hard. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Was the so, so they do give some practical tips in the show, but it, it's interestingly in the credits, like, like yes. the credits start and then they give you some practical things to do, which mm-hmm. I found very weird. But yeah. <clears throat> um, if you go to humanetech.com, the Center for Humane Technology was one of the groups that was very much highlighted as part of this movement to bring about an ethical kind of correction within this world and they have a a page within a resource page where they just give some really practical advice so it's things that you could do right now you can turn off the notifications on your apps on your phone you can remove those apps like i did you can Mm. join me in removing those apps from your phone completely you can still get on them i still use facebook but i only do it on my computer Mm -hmm. which means it's not buzzing my pocket to make me, you know, if I don't check it in 15 minutes, uh, nobody's going to come after me to go look, go look at it again. Hmm. Um, There's tools that they they recommend. There are apps that they actually recommend downloading things that help you uh, Hmm. stay aware of how much you're using your, your social media and your, your devices. Uh, They give you some advice on eliminating outrage content from your, Hmm. from your world. Hmm. Um, places where you can check out uh, media that is more um, balanced. So there's a allsides.com is this really amazing news source. They don't, they don't create any news. They just curate. And so any news story, they pull an article from the left, an article from the center and an article from the right. And they will give a little uh, blurb of like, here's what people on the left are saying, here's what people on the right are saying, and then they give you the articles and you can go, they're all links that you can go and and look at for free. And so there's just a lot of things like that that they recommend. Um, I mean, it goes on, the list is pretty long, so I won't read them all, but um, things you can do right away, you could go right now, after you finish the podcast and do these things and it would it would immediately make an impact in the way that your social media habits um, are informing your reality so I guess I would just I mean from my own kind of concluding comment here there there are real benefits to these technologies they they do make um, they make it possible to access knowledge uh, and resources around the world at a mm-hmm. level and a rate that we have never, ever seen. Um, there's been a running joke in my life for a, about eight years that I, I wanted to quote unquote, <laughs> burn down Facebook, you know, <laughs> of course, because you can't, right? It's it's virtual. He's ruined uh, so many computers though. It's been really <laughs> I, embarrassing to watch. I, I kept trying. <laughs> um, so, but I, you know, the truth is like, I don't, I really don't think, I don't think the solution is doing away with these things. But yeah. I, I do think 
we need to be informed. Um, and also, I think we need to lean into the really good things of the world around us. Um, you know, things like playing music on the front porch, working in the garden, having neighbor conversations. These are things that they're, they're not easy always and they're not always comfortable, but they make life very rich and meaningful. And that's, to me, I want to have a compelling vision of what I'm moving towards yeah. as, as I'm subtracting things out. And if I'm taking apps off my phone or you know, limiting, limiting those platforms, which I think is all really good. I also want to think about what are the good things that are, I'm going to replace them with. And yeah. those yeah. good things are like what I listed. Yeah. I mean, we use, we use social media neighboring, follow the neighboring movement on Facebook or on Twitter, mm -hmm. but we use it to move people outside to meet their neighbors. You know, like we are trying yeah. to use social media to get you to have real life in-person contact. And that's, yes. that's the best way I think social media is used. With that, I think we'll wrap things up. Um, but appreciate uh, getting to have this front porch conversation. I hope it's helpful for you. And again, I want to encourage you to, to check out uh, both the movie and also the, the website. I think there's mm -hmm. a, a lot of good conversation to be had around this. So, um, yeah. To learn more about us and our work, you can visit our website at www.neighboringmovement.org. Uh, you'll find other things that we've created and resources there, including neighboring tips and ways to get to know the folks around you. Uh, the music that you hear in the background was created by the band Brutal Bear. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. So until next time, happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. <laughs>